All right, we are back for another all-new episode of the Cover 2 College Football Podcast. Today we're going to talk about the wild quarterback carousel that's going on around college football. And we're also going to make our official picks on the New Year's Six Bowl games and the two college football games, or college football playoff games. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, the Oki Longhorn, Dalton Chandler. Dalt, first, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And yes, we are putting in the man hours today recording on Christmas. How you doing, buddy? I am doing well. Merry Christmas to you and Merry Christmas to all of our listeners out there. I appreciate all of the listens that we got last week. We didn't really know what to expect, but we had a pretty good turnout for our first episode. And we, uh, we do appreciate everybody listening, giving shares on social media and just being actively interacting with us yeah yeah we appreciate it uh we actually had quite a bit more interaction than we thought we would so you know again yeah we we appreciate anybody that listens um we're, we're gonna get right into it uh with this episode you know we don't have a ton to talk about uh just mostly this quarterback carousel and then we're gonna we're gonna make our picks um i did have a couple things before we got into that that i wanted to talk about did did you see the news that broke about a&m opting out of the bowl game oh yeah it's it's the most fucking a&m thing i've ever heard of in my entire life yeah it's it's crazy um i think the news came down like wednesday maybe that they were opting out due to covid which you know it'll be interesting to see if we if we get any more of that with the rest of these bowl games i i certainly hope not as a fan but i'm sure it'll happen because COVID, it's it's kind of surging again with the new variant. And, but. you know, what a missed opportunity by Texas A&M. Do you know what they just, like, hang their hat on? That whole 12th man bullshit legacy <laughs> where a guy comes down out of the stands and he suits up and he finishes the game. What a perfect chance for them to just live up to that legacy. And then what do they do? The fighting Jimbo's just fucking tuck tail and run. Yeah, I mean, you know... um, one could argue they're they're running scared from the high flying demon deacon offense, but that's neither here nor there. Um, did you happen to see the Brian Peroni, the guy? He's a two four seven guy. Did you see the tweet that he dropped? Mm-mm. I want to read this to you. This this is interesting. Let's hear it. Okay, so this is like I'm assuming an email. It says hi. Following the news that Texas A&M had to pull out of the Gator Bowl because of COVID, and then it's blanked out. An adult webcam site has extended the program, players, and personnel a free subscription to the site to pound it in one last time and interact with beautiful XXX cam models. Check out the SFW offer letter here and pasted below. Blanked out. Cheers, Mark Stone, communications manager. (laughs) Dear Texas A&M football players and personnel, I was sad to read that your football program had to pull out of the Gator Bowl because of COVID complications. I can only imagine how upset some of the players and coaches are, especially your seniors who were looking forward to one last game before their collegiate careers came to an end. In the spirit of giving, I would like to extend an offer to the entire A&M football program to enjoy some free adult entertainment courtesy of blank. It's marked out. A leading adult webcam platform that offers private AAAX shows with beautiful models now available in VR too. It's the least we can do to boost their spirits. Players can get some penetration and pound it in one last time. Coaches can take a load off. Heck, even the water boy can get some action. If anyone from the A&M football program would like to take us up on this offer, they can reach out to me at, it's blanked out, and verify their identity. I look forward to hearing from some Aggies, especially Jimbo. My word. Hey, can't go to your bowl game because of COVID. At least you can sit in your room with your Oculus on and virtuality jank one out i I mean i saw that and and i thought it was like fake but like this guy that shared it i mean he's a blue check mark guy like works for 247 so i guess this is real they they kind of made it seem like it went out to basically any player and personnel within the program i I don't know i'm not going to talk a bunch on that because i I don't know is that something that you would allow to get like taken up on like i don't understand i I mean, that's a hell of a recruiting pitch, I guess. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's very interesting. But I, I just wanted to share that with you because I knew you would love to hear that, oh, being, being the A&M hater that you are, along with myself. So, yeah, that that's really interesting. See, I, I, I doubt anything comes of it. But a uh, another bit of COVID-related news that came down this week, did you see the NCAA ruling for the playoff? Yeah, they said that if you – have to forfeit a game because of COVID, it is an advance and even potentially a national championship guaranteed win. Yeah. And how how do you 
I mean, what do you think about that? Uh, you know, I understand why the COVID forfeit. I mean, you can't keep postponing games because, say, Alabama gets COVID and then they do their distancing, turn around, Cincinnati gets COVID. Then we're looking into February of trying to get this national championship playoff done. Now's the time that you have to be super disciplined. And, yeah. and yes, COVID can happen. It, do, it doesn't matter how well, disciplined you are. You can get it damn near from anywhere. Right. But as a coaching staff, you have to make sure your guys are disciplined. Well, and you saw, did you see that Saban in Alabama, they went like back to – they're like full board COVID protocol. Like, oh, I, why which wouldn't I, you? I think Michigan's doing the same thing. But, yeah, I mean, you got you got a potential national title riding on it. I mean, you can't, you can't risk that with, with COVID. I mean, because – I mean, you just can't let that be what ends your season. That that would suck for those guys, and and I kind of hate that they made that ruling because I, I mean, what 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 would it hurt to wait a week? You know, I mean. Yeah, but but then you got to think like Alabama's and Cincy, they they get to play their game, yeah. and Alabama wins, but Georgia and Michigan can't. You give Georgia, you give Alabama an extra week of preparation for whoever wins that game. That's true. I mean, and it and it could just snowball and just keep tumbling. I think the national championship game could kind of be pushed, but well, right, and that's kind of what I meant. Like, if it comes to the national title, like, what would hurt pushing it back a week? Nothing. And that was kind of my thoughts on it. But I mean, that's the world we live in. I, uh, it just is what it is. I, I just thought that was some interesting news. But uh, with with those two things, both both COVID deals, that was kind of the the most real news that came across this week with college football. Um, We've got some bowl action going. Um, nothing super interesting to talk about, but we're we're gonna go ahead and get right into the meat of this episode. You know, watching the off season this year, Dalton. I feel like I'm watching a damn Oprah show. It's like a, a quarterback for everybody. Oh yeah. Like you go to her show and you get free money. <laughs> it's like handing out quarterbacks for everybody. You know, we've got on our list of quote unquote relevant guys we've got 14 quarterbacks that have either entered the portal and landed somewhere or entered the portal and are still waiting to commit and sign with a new school so i mean let we can just name the guys off first and then we'll kind of talk further on some of the guys that we really kind of want to deep dive into that that are maybe more interesting than others yeah sounds good so we've got let's see here got Quinn Ewers announces he's transferring from Ohio State to your Texas Longhorns. Yes, sir. Spencer Rattler, this is a little older news. He transfers from OU to South Carolina. Bo Nix goes from Auburn to Oregon. That's really interesting. Dylan Gabriel announces he's transferring from UCF to UCLA. Michael Penix Jr., the Indiana quarterback, is headed to Washington. Adrian Martinez is going to K-State for his 87th year of eligibility. What it feels from like. From Nebraska. Um, Max Johnson is going from LSU to A&M. Um, Keaton Slovis from USC to Pitt. And Jack Miller, which is not super relevant. He's going from Ohio State to Florida. And then the Brennan kid, he goes from LSU into the portal back to LSU. So that's interesting. And then other players in the portal that haven't announced anywhere that are kind of relevant is the uh, – Obviously, Kendall Thompson at Texas, he's in the portal. Casey. or Yeah, Casey, sorry. OU fan, my fault. Mm, I got you. <laughs> and then Zach Calzada at A&M, he's in the portal. Uh, the Ward kid at Incarnate Word, really, really good player, kind of surprisingly at Incarnate Word. He lit it up he's, this year. Yeah, he's in the portal. And then Emory Jones, who's really interesting, he played in Florida's bowl game, which I thought was this, the stupidest thing. I, I don't agree with that at all. The kids already announced that he's transferring. But he played in their bowl game a couple nights ago. So he's transferring from Florida. So we don't know where he's going yet. So obviously I, I know who you're going to want to talk about. So let's, I mean, let's just get right into it. Let's talk yours. And, and what, what do you got on that? Quinn Ewers. A.K.A. the prince that was promised. A.K.A. the pitching machine. A.K.A. the savior of Austin. Oh my God. A.K.A. QB1. A.K.A. the magic mullet. This is gross. Now, I'm going to give you a little rundown here. I just want to apologize to the listeners for In three years of high school football, okay, he totaled 6,445 yards, 73 passing touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 643 attempts, 450 completions. 
That is a 70% completion percentage over a three-year time. Would have been higher had he not elected to enroll at Ohio State as a 17-year-old. Well, he just did that for the money. Well, of course. He secured the bag there. Yeah. Said, he, All right, see you later. He got the bag. Smart, smart. Now, and this is something everybody one, says. One could argue that's what he did. One could also argue that he saw he wasn't fucking playing over C.J. Stroud, but, you know, we'll see. When, well, I, I'm going to get into that. <laughs> Do you know how many 24-7 perfect recruiting ratings there have been for quarterbacks? One. Two. Two. Who's the other? Kyler Murray? <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. This quarterback actually won a national championship. Okay. Do you want to know what's crazy about that, Tim? Uh, let's hear it. They both played for the University of Texas. Oh, wonderful. Finch Young mm-hmm. is the only other quarterback with a perfect 24-7 rating. Okay. And, I mean, he didn't suck. No, he didn't suck. I, I'll, I'll admit that. And, and you can say what you want about him sitting behind C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. C.J. Stroud ended up in New York. Yeah. Like... Oh, for sure. He didn't get the treatment that Caleb Williams did for Spencer Rattler steps all over his dick. Oh, yeah. C.J. Stroud turned it around after the Oregon game and lit it up. Caleb Williams would have sat behind C.J. Stroud all year. Yeah, probably. I mean, for sure. And and I know. I mean, Caleb would have sat behind Spencer all year if he wouldn't have been horrible. Yeah. But, and I know everybody's going to say, oh, you're just a Texas fan. You're damn right. I'm excited. The kid committed to us, decommitted, went to Ohio State, now he's back. This is the first time Texas had a five-star in five-star quarterback in almost over a decade. But yeah. I, I'm excited. I think that he's going to do extremely well at Texas. I, I know the arm talent's there. Texas hasn't had an, an outstanding arm talent in a very, very long time. So it's it's something that I'm excited about, and it's something that I think that was a great get by Sarkeesian. Yeah. I mean, he he's a good, good player. I, I would just be hesitant if I were a fan – I mean, as an OU fan, I can speak on experience. You get promised all this and that by a guy that's never played it down at your school and turns out to not do anything. So I just I think you and your fellow Texas fans should just err on the on the cautionary side. I mean, maybe he'll be great. And I, I'm not going to say I hope he is. I hope he loses every game he ever plays as an OU fan. I don't give a damn what he does. But I, I'm sure he'll be fine. He's, he's a great player. And um, I – that that's really all I have on it. I mean, I, I just think I, I've seen all the stuff on Twitter, and I think people just probably just need to pump the brakes just a little bit. We don't do that in Austin. We oh, are yeah. we are all yeah, gas, it's all no ga- brakes. Yeah, you ran out of gas this year. <laughs> well, we didn't hit the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I I could argue with you about Ewers all day long. He's got probably the worst haircut of all time, but that doesn't have nothing to do with how he plays football. So the worst? It's it's pretty bad. I mean, that's a bad mullet. That's it's not it's good. A bad, it's a badass mullet. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm inclined to disagree. Okay, so moving on from yours, uh, we'll go ahead and get into um, the guy that I'm the most familiar with on this list, and that's that's Spencer Rattler. You know, he transfers to South Carolina. Everyone was making jokes that Rattler transfers to USC, but <laughs> the the well, hell, they both suck. So. I guess it's not much difference, but he goes out there with Beamer, who was, you know, he was the special teams coordinator. Um, I think he helped coach tight ends at OU. I think and that's why Stogner went, wasn't it? Yeah, he he was a big recruiter with Stogner. So Rattler announced, I think it's been two weeks ago or so, that he's going to uh, South Carolina, and uh, you know, we I think we touched on it a little bit in our last episode. I, I wish him the best. Um, I, I hate that his career didn't pan out like a lot of people thought it was going to at Oklahoma, but he's a good player, and it's all there. It's just a matter of is he going to do it, in my opinion. And, you know, say what you want about him, say what you want about Lincoln. I think he kind of regressed at OU from 2020 to this year. That's obvious, but I'll be in, I'll be interested to see what, what he does at, at South Carolina. You know, what? how do you think that'll go over? I mean, you kind of spoke on it. 2020 kind of propelled Spencer into a a big shoes to fill on in 2021. He threw for 3,000 yards and had a 3-to-1 touchdown to interception ratio. Like, people legitimately thought that this year was going to be his coming out party. And, you know, the reality set in, offensive struggles, and then inevitably getting pulled in the Red River game for the second year in a row. This time it stuck. 
And, you know, I think South Carolina gives him a chance to go kind of be an underdog in a lot of games and just sling it around. And he's going to hopefully, I, I like we like you said, the arm talent's there. He's He's got all the arm talent in the world, kind of like Quinn does. But it's just, is he going to be able to take that step right. to increase his draft stock? And I think that's the whole reason he's going to South Carolina. The, the only thing I have on, on Rather is he's just – I feel like he ran better in 2020 than he did in 2021. Like, as far as – I mean, he's never been a running quarterback, obviously, but, like, he could, you know, make some plays with his legs, like get a first down here and there. But, I mean, this year it seemed like if he got under any pressure, he just went down. It reminded me – I told some of my buddies, like, it, it was almost like Landry Jones. That's what he reminded me of this year. Like, you know, he, he was very – looked very uncomfortable in the pocket, and part of that could have been an offensive line that struggled. But um, he, he just – he didn't seem to – to show great presence in the pocket. And like I said, when he got under pressure, he he just kind of folded up. So, I, you know, I don't know how much better the offensive line is going to be at South Carolina. I can't imagine much better. I know o, OU's offensive line wasn't great by any means or any stretch of the imagination this year, but I just can't imagine that South Carolina is going to have that much better of a situation. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes for him. And, and another thing, Lincoln Riley handcuffed Spencer all year without a run game. He would abandon the run early and often and just leave Spencer to fucking have to throw it all right, the time. Which makes no sense. I mean so yeah, that you know, he, he heads to the SEC for South Carolina. Like I said, I, I wish him the best, but you know, from, from the SEC to the Pac twelve goes Bo Nix. What I mean I I, I think he's been kinda I like Bo Nix as a player, but he's not anything special. I mean He's he's flashing the pan good. Like he's gonna he's gonna have he's gonna put up okay numbers. They're not gonna be great numbers. There's moments where you're like, damn, this guy's Johnny Manziel esque in his escapability. And then there's moments you're like, what the fuck is he seeing out there? Right. And you know, I don't I don't know how much he's gonna help Oregon. I don't think he's gonna essentially hurt Oregon. No. And and I'm sure that that's probably more of a you know landing out there being the new head coach probably wanting to get a guy that has experience and has played in some tough football games. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, so, you know, maybe that'll be his guy to kind of set the culture, help set the culture of a new program, like a new a new RAN program under a new coach. But I, I like Bo Nix's passion. I like he's he seems like a ultimate competitive type of guy. So, I mean – I'm sure he'll be fine at Oregon, but I don't know how well he really throws the football. He can run it pretty well. I just wasn't – a lot of people were making a big deal out of that move, and I, I just don't – I mean, I don't have a ton of interest in it, really. I mean, I don't I don't, I don't, don't see it being a like, – I just don't think Oregon's going to – I mean, they'll, they'll probably be okay, but they're not going to be. I don't think they're going to be anything more special than they were this year. Yeah. Next guy, really, of note, I, I don't – the only thing on the Gabriel kid that I find interesting – and this is just being an OU fan. A lot of people thought he was going to come to OU if Williams transferred because he's like a Lebby guy. Yeah. Um, played with him or played for him at UCF when Lebby was at UCF. So a lot of people took that as maybe he knew something that everybody else didn't with Williams. So, I mean, that's – I'm not going to look too far into that because you never know. I, I still – Caleb, I'll, I'll believe he's going to stay at OU when, whenever he, he says it. But what Now, was he – was Lebby there at UCF in 2019? Yes, I think so. It was either he was there two years. It was either seventeen, eighteen, or eighteen, nineteen. Well, but he was there with Gabriel. Gabriel lit it up in yeah. nineteen, right? And he lit it up in twenty two. I think he was because I think Levy was at Ole Miss last year and this year. Yeah, but I mean, he he absolutely lit it up. I think Chip Kelly. Yeah. Oh, it's, Chip it, Kelly didn't miss. Chip yeah, he's Kelly's a, just going to keep it rolling out there at UCLA now. Right, and maybe that's what he needs because I mean they had the Thompson Robinson kid, and I don't know. I mean. I think he was just okay. So yeah, that that's interesting. I, I I think that that's good. That's good for UCLA for sure. Um, and then the Penix Junior kid. I I mean that's just kind of something I want to announce. He's you yeah. know, going from Indiana to Washington. Kind of in, irrelevant from one irrelevant school to another. I mean really because Washington they haven't really been good since Peterson retired uh, out there. Um, and you know Penix had Indiana rolling there. 
Well, I mean, yeah, he, he had one of the most notable plays of the 2020 season when they upset Penn State. And then very controversial he, he got, touchdown. He got hurt, and then this year everybody kind of put all those expectations on Indiana, and they completely yeah shit the bed. Yeah, they weren't very good. Um, our next guy is Martinez. I, I think this is kind of interesting because I don't, I don't think Martinez is anything special. He's kind of just a guy, but he runs the football. Very, I think very with well. with a he's gonna. I think he's a definitely an upgrade at coach Kleiman. I think's a good coach at K State. Um, which Frost, I, Nebraska's it's dead. It's a dead program. Yeah, probably never gonna come back. So I I think Martinez. I think he could make a little bit of noise at K State. Like I said, he, he's got a good coach. They're a really well coached team, and I mean they'll probably do a lot of stuff with him. I mean he's got Deuce Vaughn. Right. Yeah. I mean like that, all, all American running back. Yeah. Him. Him. Him alone in the backfield is enough to make yeah. you take a guess. But now you put Martinez in right. on the with read his, option with or his something. ability to run. Yeah. So that's that's really interesting. You know we don't I don't have a ton to provide on that. Like I said, we're we're not just diving super deep into these these transfers. We just kind of wanted to touch on all of them because, like I said, it's just it's just been crazy. Um, so the the Johnson kid he transfers from LSU to A and M. Do you think he'll start next year? I think that's an open quarterback battle going in from the who do the, they who do they have coming in as a freshman or the, who, do, who the, do they have there? The five star uh, Wagen, Wagman kid. He's coming in. He's a top. 20 kid uh i think he's the number two quarterback in this recruiting class i I could be wrong but i know that they have the haynes king kid he started for a&m and got hurt against colorado last year or this last season and then you bring in max johnson i don't i mean there's there's three guys that could potentially win that position max johnson obviously has the most experience but what does that what does that tell you if you're Haynes King that Jimbo brings in right. a guy that you you started your first two games for Jimbo and now he right. brings in a already established starter at another SEC school yeah. that just fucking beat you right I mean it's kind of been an interesting I mean the Calzada kid we talked about him he's in the portal I don't I have no idea where he'll land but he's the he's the kid that beat Bama right yeah. So yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, what I don't I don't understand. I don't this think transfer portal stuff. It's I don't think there's a whole hell of a lot of support for him. No, in that and I, I would in agree. That QB room. I I just I don't know the portals. I think it's kind of out of control. I'm all for kids being able to do what they want and this and that, but I, I just like the NIL stuff. I, I think there's a better way to kind of kind of regulate it, and I, I don't have the perfect obviously plan for that but it's just seeing all these quarterbacks it's it's just insane and you know i'm not asking guys to, to be totally loyal to a school where maybe they're never going to play this and that but it, it's just i don't know it just seems like what what happened to like wanting to compete for a job and you know having a little bit of pride in where you're at it's too easy to leave now right and that's what i'm saying i, I just don't i don't i don't personally love it but as far as people that have already transferred, we'll, we'll talk about. Let's just talk about some of these guys that are in the portal that they haven't announced. I know you have a lot on on your boy Casey Thompson out there at Texas. What 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 are you thinking? What what do you think he might end up, or what what are your thoughts on him? If Oklahoma State doesn't make a hard push for Casey Thompson, Mike Gundy is just so stubborn that he's going to beat his head against the wall with Spencer Sanders. Casey Thompson is, I agree, hands down the better quarterback than Spencer Sanders. They're, they've crystal balled casey thompson to go to tcu that's interesting it's very interesting yeah i i told you in text that osu should go after him Absolutely. i mean he's, he's an oklahoma kid and i'm telling you right now i said this to you if if caleb williams transfers you can mark my words we'll timestamp this right now casey thompson if if caleb williams transfers casey thompson will start a quarterback Absolutely. For Oklahoma next year, absolutely. That's, that's just my opinion. I think that that's what I he's could be waiting wrong, on. but I, 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 that's what I told you. I think that's what he's waiting on too, is to see what happens there because there's no rush. No, hell no. And and that's why I said if you're Gundy, I mean, get your foot in the he's, door. He's every bit better than Spencer Sanders. Oh yeah. I mean, throwing the football, he can run. Like I, I just don't know why they wouldn't go after him. I know he he struggled down the stretch with Texas, but he was hurt. Yeah, he had I a mean, hand injury. He looked like a golf ball in his throwing hand. And so. I mean, he's obviously got the connection to Oklahoma with his dad and his brother both playing there, and that's kind of why I feel that way because obviously his whole life he probably wanted to play at OU. I mean, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I mean, 
that his recruitment was wild. Like right, and I, I heard that. I mean, one of an OU podcast that went over it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, they 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 offered him and Cameron Rising, and Cameron Rising committed to Lincoln, and then Casey said, "Well, I'll go to Texas." Yeah, and then Texas flips Cameron Rising to Texas. Right, and you know there was a time that they said that he. When Cameron Rising hit the portal, Casey Thompson hit the portal, and they said that there was a time that he was enrolled at OU. Yeah, I, t- I think I told you that he he did. So the, one of the one of the, another podcast that I listen to, it's OU Insider guys. Um, uh, one of their guys is really close with their family. Yeah, and he said that Casey was in the portal and enrolled at Oklahoma, all without any of his family's knowledge, and he had told this guy with OU Insider. Like, he told him before he told anybody. Well, then that all ends up... Tom Herman brings him back. Right. Like, he changed his mind, ends up staying at Texas. So that... I, Because I, they, they did a big special on that one when the OU-Texas game this past year because, obviously, he was starting. Yeah. That was really interesting to me. So, yeah, I, I'm intrigued. They, they've said uh, Nebraska is a potential spot for him, which I, the only thing I somewhat find interesting about that is they hired uh, Whipple, the Pittsburgh offensive coordinator. Um, and he's going to allow somebody to really seeing, throw it around. Seeing what he did with Pickett, that might intrigue Kendall Thompson a little bit. And or Casey, damn it, keep calling him Kendall. <laughs> it's his brother, but you know, and that's what I've got wrote down here. He had ups, his ups and downs, and you know, and that's what somebody I want to say it was. What's the what's the what's the articles that something on the prairie? Yeah, the the uh, the, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. They they said that they talked to Charles and they kind of asked him why Casey was leaving, and he just straight up come out and said, you know, we didn't feel like anybody had Casey's back going into that. And it kind of shows with Sark reopening. And I can, I hate that Casey didn't stay and try to fight because I really like Casey Thompson. Right. I, I, I was really upset whenever they named Hudson Card the starter in the beginning of the year. I don't, I think that that's all namesake. But I, I, I think Casey's going to have a great future. I mean, he led the Big 12 in touchdown passes this year with 24. And, he and like you said after the OU game it was with an injured hand a throwing hand at that so right. I think he's going to have a really really good opportunity wherever he goes and I don't have nothing but love for Casey I wish he would have stayed but the writing's kind of on the wall at Texas yeah with when Quinn when Quinn said well, he right. was here I mean, the it, writing was on the wall it looks like he's going to be the guy there so I mean you, you can't I guess you can't blame Casey he he gave a lot to to y'all's program down there and and um, he absolutely, and he's 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 graduated. Like he, right. you know what he does. I seen somebody ask him on one of the, I think it was Horns twenty four seven did a video podcast. There, I go, well, how many times have you watched the TCU game today? And it was on a Tuesday. He's like, I woke up at five, and I've probably watched it three times. And it was ten a.m. Yeah, and he had a lift and everything else that morning. Like all he does is watch game film and game plan. There's nobody in the country that puts in more effort than Casey Thompson. Right. And as an OU fan, I wouldn't hate him coming to OU if Caleb leaves. Obviously, me, I want Williams to stay and see what he can do with, with our guy. But I, I wouldn't hate if, if we had to for a year, you know, kind of bridge the gap between a new a new guy, get get uh, Casey. And, and I think he'd be just fine. But, again, back, back to what we were talking about, I, I think that, I mean, I, I just think Gundy – I mean that's obvious to go after that guy. You to have me. to. You you literally like yeah you have to. So our our other guys that are like I, I had my thoughts on the Jones kid at Florida. I have no idea where he's going to end up. I don't personally think he's got a lot of options like stock wise. I mean he's a and uh, he's a good athlete, but he's nothing special. Um, throwing the football. Uh, I hate that he played in that bowl game. Like. I, we talk about being loyal to well, <laughs> to right? Your team. But but if if you're not like a senior, and you're not going to the draft, that that's one thing. But to be like transferring to another school, like why why does he need to play in that game? I mean, what's it good? What good is it doing for anybody? And I know their new coach was not coaching, but like if you're there, why would you want that guy playing when you could have a guy that could potentially be your starter get some game experience? Like, and I know it's a bowl game that really don't matter. In Florida, I mean, they're a total dumpster fire right now anyway, but I, I just don't – I don't know. 
I mean, it mattered to UCF. Yeah, UCF's I mean, already claimed another championship. Did you see that? <laughs> right, yeah. Florida State champs. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> well, the hell, they probably are the best team in Florida. There's not very many good ones. I mean, between Florida, Florida State, and Miami, my God. Um, so the other kid that you kind of brought up that we added was the Ward kid at Incarnate Word. Yeah, what, Cameron Ward. What, what, what do you – I mean, I know he had a great year, and I think – is he a four-star guy or three-star? He's a four-star guy. But how, how does he end up at Incarnate Word? He wasn't. He didn't have stars. His tran- Whenever he got into the portal, they reclassified him as a four-star. That's really interesting. Uh, and we'll just I'll just kind of touch on his stats this year. He uh, he lit up. I mean, this year alone, he threw for forty-seven touchdowns and ten interceptions, but he threw for almost five thousand yards. Wow. And he's not a super mobile guy. He didn't, he doesn't like rush the ball real well, but he's a big guy and he's got, he's got really, really good arm talent. How this, they missed on this kid. Is he a dual threat? I mean, I'm, I don't know. Not really. I honestly don't know anything about the kid. Not, not really. I, I went and watched his tape. I, I feel like I'd heard his name before you brought it up to me, but I, I didn't really know, uh, uh, I feel like I'd heard the name Cameron Ward, but I didn't know who he was or yeah, what. It'll be super in- interesting to see who kind of goes after him. And in my opinion, I feel like that there's a lot of places that would do really well with him. Like Mike Leach at Mississippi State, I think, would be an interesting landing spot for him. Yeah. Maybe even Texas Tech, but I don't know what they're doing with their yeah. quarterback room right now. I mean, I, yeah, and I haven't seen anything on where he might go. So. At all. That's, I mean, who knows? I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, but really, I mean, you know, we're kind of trying to stay up to date on this. I, I know we, we have the, the Miller kid, Jack Miller. I, I think he was a highly recruited kid, but he's never going to play at Ohio State. It, it, he's going to Florida. I don't know a ton about him. I guess, you know, I, I've seen some good stuff about him on Twitter. Uh, another one that was interesting is the the Slovis kid going from USC to Pitt, which I know he had lost his job to the dark kid out there, mm-hmm. who looks like he's going to be a pretty good player. Um, but I remember a couple of years ago, they were everyone thought Slovis, Slovis. He's the reason JT Daniels is it transferred to Georgia. So it's like, what you know? Who who knows? Um, and then the a really bizarre one is the Brennan kid at LSU. He goes into the portal. And then comes back. And then comes back. And OU's had a couple guys do that, not at quarterback, but uh, that's that's really interesting. I and, think I, think I get guys doing that, kind of keeping their options open. Obviously, LSU, they have the coaching change, so that's probably that's probably why that happened. And, and Brian Kelly and his guys, they probably convinced him to come back. So that that's, you and, know. And, you know, that's whenever the Johnson kid said he was leaving, I'm sure he was like, well, Shit, he was the only thing standing in my way of starting, so right. now he can come back and start. So I think, I mean, really, as far as these transfers go, it, it's been it's been really wild. I mean, the the transfer between the transfer portal and NIL, dude, college football's like it's it's, it's like ground zero. It's I mean, crazy. So, and I'm sure these won't be the last guys we see in the portal. They probably won't be. I mean, it, it'll be really interesting to see where these couple of guys we've got named where they end up, like Thompson and Calzada. And even the Ward kid, um, and and even these guys we talked about that are going to these new these new schools, um, you know they're, I guess they're 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 just going for it, you know, trying to, I mean, make a name for themselves, and and uh, I mean really the the most interesting one's the Ewers kid for sure, but we'll we'll just kind of see how it goes. Um, I don't I don't have a ton more to add on the carousel. Um, did you, Did you see that? The Ohio State boards are trying to like spark up a interest in looking into Texas tampering. Well, because they're going to pay him a million dollars to come to school there. No, not that. Because they took the, uh, they took Quinn, and then they just picked up a cornerback that oh yeah transferred yeah. from yeah. Ohio State. Which that's that's not them tampering. The they flipped that Terrence Brook kid on signing day. He went to Little Elm. Yeah, high school in Texas, and that's where the Watts kids from. So, right, them two, I think, kind of talked. So it's not so much that Sark's tampering, but these kids are out here talking, like, "Hey, let's go, let's go be great here." Like, right. me and you can do this here. 
you need to hit the portal. Um, yeah, I mean, there's going to be probably some schools that I would assume get in a little bit of trouble with all this NIL stuff in the portal. I mean, because it, it, it's like I just said a second ago, it's like the wild, wild west. I mean, really, there's there's no – the NCAA's completely screwed themselves because mm-hmm. they they give out the NIL, they have the portal the way that it is. It's just – I mean, it's it's just like free realm to just do and the anything po- and everything you want. The portal – the portal holes thing, it was a uh, – it was a way to give kids like an option to get out, like if there was a coaching change. Right. And they didn't set a real good standard with it because – you get guys that commit, and a prime example is a kid from Beggs that committed to Texas A&M. He got out of his NIL because an advisor left. Yeah. Not not because his position coach left, not because a DC left, not because Jimbo left, because an advisor or what are they? What the hell do they call them? I, I'm not I'm draw, sure. I'm drawing a blank now on what they call him. But he, somebody that doesn't even coach yeah. left, and he got right. out of it and got to transfer to OSU. You know, I think that the NCAA kind of hurt themselves by not putting a stricter standard on that. And I get everybody's going to argue, well, if a coach can leave and coach the next year, why can't a kid leave? He can leave, but he can't leave just because he's not playing and get an automatic free pass. And right. and the COVID rule gave them that one free pass, and that's what Davo right. kind of hinted at was, let's I mean, get back to the, the one-year restriction. Yeah, and, and that's what that's what I talked about with the Martinez kid at Nebraska. Like, my God, how long is a kid going to play in college? It, I mean, Jesus. Now, and the, which, which Martinez now, is this? Well, the, this is Adrian Martinez. Before him, there it was, was Taylor. Taylor. Right. So, so that's why it, it feels so yeah, long. Yeah, and he was there like, oh, 9, 10, 11. And so, I mean, but Martin, the Adrian kid's been there forever. Yeah. And he, like, set all kinds of quarterback records in Nebraska because yeah. he was there for so long. Kind of like Landry Jones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're not going to talk about Landry Jones today. <laughs> you want to talk about a way to, like, lose listeners. <laughs> My God. Um, so, I guess with, with that, we're, you know, I mean, that that's kind of all we got on the portal. So, you know, I mentioned it earlier. We there, There's just not a ton of stuff going on in college football. I mean, there's these games that have went on. Um, we, we didn't really have any in particular that we want to talk about. An interesting point I wanted to kind of point out, a point that I want to point out. Great. Um, the SEC, the mighty SEC, Currently 0-3 in their bowl games, and Missouri just lost to Army. Missouri lost to Army, Florida lost to UCF, UCF, and who was the other one that lost? Uh, Texas A&M essentially lost to Wake Forest by forfeiting. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to give them that fucking L. You're going to hold it. Yeah. I, I mean, that's it's probably fair, I would say. And if, um, if anybody's got Texas A&M friends that they want to – Get at, send them this podcast, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking come so at them every chance I get. I, I had saw that on Twitter. It might They might just be 0-2, and, and maybe somebody made the joke that they were 0-3 because A&M's not playing. So that, that was probably what that meant, because I don't, I don't see any other scores here for the SEC. Yeah, no, and it's, fuck them, they're 0-3. But, you know, I talked about this with a couple of my buddies. We talked about conferences. Isn't it, I mean, I, I'm so tired of this. Like, the SEC, the SEC, the SEC. Like, do they have the best teams? Absolutely. Alabama, Georgia, I mean. You could put Ole Miss up there this year. Right. But isn't it fair to say that every conference has every conference has one to three teams that is pretty good? I mean. Oh, yeah. To compete. Like, and that's what we talked about. Like, every conference has teams that. They're going to be competitive. Like, I mean, the Big 12, the, now none of these three teams would beat probably Alabama or Georgia, but you got a, an Oklahoma State team that was really solid, had one of the best defenses in the country. You got a Baylor team that's playing, that at the end of the year is playing about as good as football as anybody. And then, I mean, as as bad as, as dysfunctional as Oklahoma was this year, still a good football team that could compete with just about anybody across college football at playing at their best. 
And, I mean, the same can be said for the Big Ten. You got Michigan and Ohio State. Who else? Michigan State's massively overrated. And then the Penn Penn State's massively overrated as well. And then the ACC is always that way with Clemson, but they weren't—they didn't even have that this year. I mean, their bell cow this year was Pitt and Wake Forest. Right, and then the Pac-12, you got—I mean, uh, an okay Oregon team, and then Utah. Like, I—I just get tired of that conversation, honestly. And I mean, I guess. And and the the SEC thing that it's Alabama and Georgia, and then everybody else. Yeah, I know that Texas A&M beat Alabama this year. But they also lost to LSU, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss. Like, right? They're still a four-loss team, and they should have lost to Colorado on the road. Right? Like, it's not—it's not one of those things where Texas A&M's right there in the hunt for it. I mean, they finished—I want to say—almost damn near dead last in the in the West. Right. And and Texas A&M's a good team. I don't want to take anything away from. Them. I think that I think their quarterback play hurt them a lot. But I I still think that, like you said. Every every conference has their teams at the top that can compete, but right. the SECs is just Alabama and Georgia. Right. And and so yeah, I mean that that's just that's just kind of my opinion. I, and maybe maybe our opinions will change whenever we you know become fans of schools that are in the SEC. I, I personally, I feel like I'm Big Twelve through and through. Like that's all I've ever known. I, I'll probably still, even when OU's in the SEC, like I'll probably still root against half their teams when they're playing Big 12 teams in bowl games, more than likely, just because it's like it's kind of – that's just – I told my buddies, you can't take the Big 12 out of me. So I, it, it's interesting to say the least. So really with that, I, I think let's let's get into these. We'll, we'll do our New Year's Six Bowls first. And then we'll pick the two playoff games and finish out there. Sounds good. Um, we'll start with probably the one that we're least interested in, and that's the Michigan State-Pittsburgh game, which is, I think it's the Peach Bowl. Yes, it is. And let's see here. Are we picking against the spread, or are we just straight up uh, picking them? We can pick against the spread. Okay. Let's, let's pick against the spread. So who, who do you like, or what, what do you like? What's the spread on this? Let's see here. I haven't even looked at it. That's how little it's, interest it uh, is. It's Michigan State minus two and a half. You, you, I'll give me pit, give me pit all day. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Even without Pickett. Yeah. I mean, the offense is still the offense. What? Who? Who's? Who's the backup running back at Michigan State? Can you tell me that? I have no idea. Exactly. And I don't know how I mean, they're going to score without him. Yeah. So no, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I would definitely. I I personally I have no earthly idea why Michigan State's even favored. I cannot I can't really figure that out. We we talked about that on our last episode a little bit. I I have no idea. So so you like Pittsburgh minus two and a half? Oh yeah, ESPN likes Pittsburgh minus two and a half. They're giving Pitt a sixty two percent chance to win that damn thing. Yeah. So I I also like like Pittsburgh and not even knowing who they're going to run out there at quarterback. I I just don't. You know, prove me wrong, Michigan State. That's all I got to say about that. Um, so, our next game we got, we're going to go uh, the Fiesta. We got OSU, Oklahoma State, and Notre Dame. And this is actually the first time these two teams are ever going to play, which I don't know. I don't I don't find that super surprising with Notre Dame being as historic as a program as they are. And OSU obviously not being. <laughs> I was about to say, what are uh, you saying, Tim? I mean, why why would they have ever played? Not you know, no no conference affiliation for Notre Dame. Um, but I believe that Notre Dame is a. One, this line's maybe moved. One and a half. Minus point one favorite. and a half. Yeah, they're one and a half point favorite in the Fiesta Bowl. I'll let you pick first. I. What are your thoughts? We like we talked about before with this game. We kind of previewed it. I think it's going to come down to which quarterback makes the mistake first and how bad of a mistake. And I, I've seen Spencer Sanders make a lot of really, really bad mistakes that cost OSU games. And sometimes his defense bails him out. But I think that if you're going to give me a straight-up pick em in this, I'm going to have to go with Notre Dame. It's not that I don't trust OSU's defense. Because OSU's defense is head and shoulders one of the best in the country. But I think that if you're going to make me have to rely on Spencer Sanders to beat Notre Dame's defense, because I don't know if they have Jalen Warren or not. I haven't seen nothing. Um, 
I'm just going to go on the assumption that he's not playing. And I would even... Yeah, I haven't seen on that either. I, I'm I, not sure. I, would, I mean, I don't want to put an asterisk by it, but if they have Jalen Warren, I think they have a better shot, obviously, but I'm just going to go off the assumption that he's not playing, so give me Notre Dame. I'm going to disagree. I think uh, you know how I feel about OSU. Um, you know how I feel about OSU. Um, you honestly probably feel more strongly than I do about OSU. Uh, I think they had an incredible year, and I think they got a bad taste in their mouth. Um, and I, I just think I think this is going to be a really good game. Is Jim Knowles coaching? I don't know. No, he's not. I, I did see that. So, he no. I believe – I think Gundy – Gundy basically went out and told his team, like, hey, guys, like, he's gone. You know, we're going to keep doing what we do. But, no, I, I don't think – I could be wrong, but I'm almost certain that he's not coaching. But I, I still like Oklahoma State just for the the sheer fact of they had such a good season. Um, I don't really like this analogy, but I think they might be – and, and I think Notre Dame – I think both of these teams will be – they'll be in this game and want to win. Notre Dame having a new coach, like – and like I said, I think on last episode, they're they're going to kind of want to show Chip Kelly, like, hey, this is what you left behind, Brian Kelly, or yeah, Brian Kelly. And uh, I'm terrible with names today. <laughs> I'm struggling. Uh, is that tired. Christmas? Yeah, is that I'm tired. Christmas breakfast hangover. I've been up for a while, but I, I actually I like I like OSU plus the point. I like OSU to win outright. So I mean, and this is basically a pick 'em. So right. I yeah, I, I like OSU in this game and and I think I think Spencer Sanders is going to play well and I think he's going to make just en- he's going to make just enough plays and just few enough mistakes. <laughs> so so I like I like OSU. So we're going to disagree on that one. And then so the next game is the Rose Bowl. Uh that's it's an really, interesting game. Yeah, really interesting game. Ohio State Utah. Um Ohio State's six and a half point favorite. This is Four o'clock game on New Year's Day in Pasadena. You want me to go first? Or you want you to go first? You want to go first? Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm kind of. I am. I'm really up for like. I mean, it's a toss up for me because a touchdown's a lot. Yeah. Especially if Ohio State's defense gets ran all over the way they did when they played Michigan. I don't. I don't think there's any question that C.J. Stroud and that wide receiver core. And, Travion Henderson are going to score points. I think that we're kind of just relying on Ohio State's defense to get stops. And I'm going to take Ohio State. They're th- going to cover? I think they're going to cover. I think that I think that it's going to be a little bit of a shootout. And I think that Ohio State kind of pulls away in the second half. So I'm going to disagree again. Just Not, not even just for the sake of arguing. I, I think Utah... I think Utah's playing about as good as kind of like I said about Baylor. I think Utah is playing about as good as anybody in the country. And I mean, I, I don't know off the top of my head, and I know they haven't been in the Pac-12 forever, but how often have they gotten to play in the Rose Bowl? I think this is the first time they've won the Pac-12. So, I mean, this is kind of a uh, you know first-time experience for that program as far as I know. I, I could be totally wrong, but... I would say, off off a guess, I I would say they've never played in this game. But I I'd like Ohio State to win, but I like Utah to cover. You like to be you like it to be closer than that. Yeah, I I would say like three four point game. Um, I, and I, I I think it could be high scoring, but I think Utah's going to do everything that they can to keep that from happening. And and I think they got a solid defense, and so I I think this could be. Honestly, kind of shock everybody and be more of a low-scoring game, like just like like twenty-seven, twenty-three, something like that. I think this is going to be one of those games where Ryan Day's like tells his defense, "Hey, these guys," and just looking at their stats, they rush. They're pretty even. They like to run the ball more than they do throw it. But I think that you're going to get into a situation where Ryan Day's like, "Hey, we're going to have to make them beat us in the air," and it's going to kind of turn into one of those we score. You have to score. We're going to score again. Games. Yeah, I, I I could see that, and and I'm I'm kind of either. I mean, these games. You get into these bowl games, and dude, I mean, it it's so hard to pick these games because you just you don't ever really know, you know, who's playing. Like 
which team is going to be, you know, the quote-unquote who's going to want to be there. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, Ohio State kind of has a little bit of that this year because obviously they were they were right in the thick of the playoff hunt, and then they get beat by Michigan. And so, you know, this is not where they – this is not where they expected to be. But, but I, I yeah, like I said, I, I like Ohio State to win the game, but, but I'll, I'll take Utah plus the points. So, um, and then our last New Year's Six Bowl – is Baylor, Ole Miss, and the Sugar Bowl. That's the late game on on New Year's Day, which this this is maybe maybe the best matchup probably of, I don't know. I mean, ranking-wise, it's maybe the best matchup. you got seven versus eight. Uh, Mississippi's actually a one-point favorite. I want to say this line, one of these lines were even when we talked about it last. This and game this game was the evening. I think game. it was. And so now they've moved Mississippi State to a one point favorite. But I mean that's basically still that's even still, still, a, pick still a pick 'em. So you can't so, get a half point win. Yeah, who who do you like in this game? And we touched on this last time. Baylor lucked into kind of winning the Big Twelve because OSU didn't have Jalen Warren. I think that if OSU would have had Jalen Warren, that they probably would have scored on either one of those one yard attempts, but I don't think that that's the case in this game. Um, Baylor plays really good defense and they like to run the football, but I don't think that you get that luxury of not the other team not having their best player. Matt Corral, I feel like, is going to want to go out on a high note and really show that he should be the number one quarterback taken in the draft this year and not. Kenny Pickett, the way a lot of the mock drafts are showing. Right. And I feel like that he's set up to do that. I feel like this is a Baylor team that they play good defense, but they don't play great defense. I agree. I agree. And I think that I think that Ole Miss is going to try to make this a shootout, and they're just going to have to load the box because Baylor's going to try to run the Smith kid to death. Right. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I still haven't seen if, if they're, what, what's the kid's name? I'm blanking. The their quarterback, their starter. Um, um, hold on, let me pull it up. Right Jerry, uh, Bohannon. Gary, yeah, yeah, Gary Bohannon. Gary Bohannon. Jerry, he spells it weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if if he plays and can kind of manage the game for him like he's kind of done this year, and obviously he's made some plays. He's a good player, but I think that gives Baylor a, a good chance. But I I think I do like Ole Miss in this game, um, just because. Based on everything I see, I've seen. You know, I told you last last week that Lebby he's going to go back and coach the offense. And, yeah. You know, when he put out his kind of farewell to Ole Miss, he got quite a bit of response from his players, especially Matt Corral. So I I think those guys are going to want to you know send him out on a good note, and I think that a lot of those guys are happy for him. You know, getting getting the Oklahoma job. So I think I think they'll they'll be motivated to win that game. But, but again, I told you last week why this game's interesting to me. I'm really interested to watch and see, you know, how Levy runs an offense against Aranda. So, I, like I said, I, I like I like uh, Ole Miss in this game, minus, minus one. I think they could probably win by ten, honestly. Yeah, if, if Ole Miss looks like shit, is it Lane Kiffin's offense? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> we, we, won't, we won't talk about that. Yeah, I mean – Probably 100%. Yeah. But if, if they score like 100, it's definitely on Libby. Yeah. So that that rounds out our – our uh, who, who did you have there? What? Ole Miss. Ole yeah, Miss. Okay. give me Ole Miss. So that rounds out our, our New Year's Six picks. So we'll go ahead and move into the playoff. Um, you know, we, we kind of broke these games down last week and, and we kind of said we were going to just do our picks this week because, um, you know, starting next year we're going to – probably do picks every week we'll pick six seven games yeah um and we wanted to do that with these these big uh new year six and playoff games so we'll start with we'll start with bama and cincy um bama last i checked was a 13 and a half point favorite yeah 13 and a half point favorite and i I don't know has that line moved at all Uh, i think it's been steady at 13 and a half points this entire time yeah 13 and a half still Bama's still 13.5-point favorite down at the Cotton Bowl. And I think I kind of touched on this. I'll I'll take it here. I like Cincinnati to cover just because I don't like them to win. I, I think Bama wins the game. Saban will have his guys ready. Um, but I, I think – do you think 13.5 is kind of generous, or is that about right? 
I mean, what do you, I, I think that's almost disrespectful to Cincinnati. I mean, that's that's two touchdowns, basically. I mean, what did they just do to fucking Georgia? That's true. I that's, mean, that's very true. And I'm not trying to slight Bama. No, like, I, I I'm not I, trying to disrespect Bama. Like, they could very well beat them by 60. I mean, that's what Bama does. But um, I, I just think – I think Cincinnati is going to have so much to prove in this game, you know, being the first group of five team to make the playoff. And I, I think Ritter, Ritter will have to play like we talked about. He'll have to play out of his mind. But I, I like – I like Cincy to cover, but Bama is going to win the game. I'm I'm thinking it it'll probably like you know like thirty five twenty seven or like thirty five twenty four like something like that. What what do you think? Man, I honestly don't think that it's going to be remotely close. You and, think? And I. You think Bama's going to kill them? I want to give Cincy a chance. I do. Like I want to. I want to. Fight for the little dog, but this is a probably the strictest Nick Saban's ever been on a team. Yeah, oh for sure. Like, and I, I'm not, I'm not saying what I'm saying to go against Bama. Right. I'm just trying to give Cincinnati a little bit of credit because I just think thirteen and, and a half is a lot. And and it is that thirteen and a half is a slap in the face. Even the, I want to say that the percentage for them to win on the. ESPN, whatever they do for every game is like twenty eight percent. Like they, they, like everybody's just writing them off, but for good reason. Alabama's shown that they can play very good defense when they want to, right? And I think that you give Nick Saban this much time to prepare a team, it's it's never a good thing, and. I really feel like there's just too much firepower that Alabama has against Cincinnati. So I'm going to take Alabama minus 13 and a half. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Uh, and I, I, I totally agree. I mean, Alabama could, they could go in there and just boat race them, but I, I just don't think it's going to happen. And, and again, so, so you like, you like Alabama minus 13 and a half. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I like Cincinnati to cover. But like I said, I, I think like 10-point game, 11-point game. Cause I, I hope you're right. Like I, I hope I get this one wrong, but I just don't. In, in my gut, it doesn't tell me that Cincy's going right. to be able to hang in there. Like, oh. it, like it may be closer like the first quarter and a half, but over time – I feel like Alabama's just going to wear. Well, it's it's really Cincinnati interesting. Down. I mean, people have talked about Cincinnati's secondary. I mean, they they they, they have a they have an all, they well they've they considered to have two of the best cornerbacks in the country. Right. That I mean, not a lot of people talk about. So that's an interesting matchup for you know the Heisman winner Bryce Young. Um, see what what he does there, and I think I touched on it last week. Like he's he's going to do what he does. Right. I mean, yeah. He's I mean with the guys he's got around him. And, you know, he's just a great player. I mean, so he'll do what he's going to do, I think. But, but I think I think Cincinnati will – I think they'll hang in there. I, I, I like I like Cincinnati to hang in this game, and, and I think they'll give them a, a good game. But probably probably the more, I guess, what you would call compelling matchup of the playoff, that's that's going to be our second game of the night with, with uh, Michigan taking on um, – Michigan taking on Georgia – Dogs, dude. God damn. <laughs> uh, so, I think last I looked, I want to say, yeah, Georgia is. I think this has moved a little bit. They're a seven and a half point favorite. It might have been eight. I think it was at eight, so it's came down a little. Yeah. Um, who who do you who do you like in this game? Just I think it's going to be like a total. This is going to be like a punchy in the mouth, right? Low scoring game. This is going to be who can run the football. We we talked about the over under being like forty five. I just don't think there's any way. I don't. I don't think either team gets to twenty. Um, so and, I, and and I've said that before about the Arkansas Georgia game. I thought that yeah, forty five and a half. I thought that that Arkansas Georgia game was going to be a competitive game, and they just absolutely skull drug Arkansas. But 
I like I like Georgia, but I don't think that they're going to win by a touchdown. I think that I, I I'm going to I'm going to pick Michigan, but I don't think Michigan wins. Okay. I think that Michigan is going to just try and try and try to run the football to no avail. Yeah. And I think that it shortens the game a lot and it doesn't give Georgia very many opportunities to score. And Georgia's offense isn't by no means a world beater. No, but it's better. It's better than the Michigan defense, I think. Yeah, I I think it's better. It's better than it's been for sure for them. But I, I, man, I'm, I'm torn on this game. I just really don't know. Um, I, I think I want to pick Michigan just because I kind of want Georgia to get beat. But then part of me thinks Georgia just lost that game and that they're just going to come out and, like, impose their will on Michigan. And Michigan's going to be, like, Michigan. You know, they're going to Michigan. They're going to Michigan. Yeah. Like, Harbaugh's going to do his thing and get beat by 30. Right. Um. So, I, I think I'm, I'm going to take Georgia to cover and win the game, I, I think. I think like I, it, ten or thirteen. It could easily go that way. I don't. I just. I think Michigan's defense is good enough. And uh, the Oklahoma kid, the Dax Hill kid. Yeah. He's I, he plays that kind of star. Right. Nickel position. Nickel. nickel yeah. I think that he's going to have to do a lot of run fitting and kind of guard the tight end, the freshman tight end that's so good. Bowser is that his name? Uh, Bowers. Bowers. Yeah. It's a. Uh, I mean, I, it's he's good. He's really he's good. good. I think really I think da- I think Dax is going to have his hands full. Well, yeah, because he, he's probably undersized. I would imagine. I don't know how big he is. I know OU recruited him, but I I, I would imagine he's probably just kind of average size guy. But the Bowers kid's huge. Yeah, he's so. Yeah, that that's definitely an interesting matchup in the game. But um, yeah, I, I just I think I like Georgia to cover, and and it might even be like late, like they're up six or seven and they score like a late field goal yeah. or Just a late to touchdown to kind of put it away late. Um, so who did, did you like? I like Michigan. Michigan. Okay. Stay within. So, all right. Well, so that, that's all of our picks. So Dalton, you've got in the peach bowl between Michigan state and Pitt, you got Pitt minus two and a half, the Fiesta bowl, OSU, Notre Dame, you've got Notre Dame minus one and a half. Uh, Rose Bowl, Ohio State versus Utah. You've got Ohio State minus six and a half. Sugar Bowl, Mississippi versus Baylor. You've got Mississippi minus one and a, minus one. Uh, playoff game number one, Bama, Cincy. You've got Bama minus thirteen and a half. And then second playoff game, you got Michigan plus seven and a half. I've got we we kind of agreed and disagreed in certain areas. I've got Pitt minus two and a half. Plus two and a half. That should be a plus two and a half. No, I took Pitt. I know, but Pitt's not favored. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. Pitt plus two and a half. Yeah. I don't know why I wrote that down. Because Pitt should be favored. Yeah, <laughs> probably so. My my heart, yeah, my head was making the decision for me. Um, I like OSU plus, plus one and a half in that game. I like Utah plus six and a half. But I also agreed with you on Mississippi minus one. We disagreed. I like Cincinnati plus 13 and a half. And then we disagreed. I like Georgia minus the seven and a half. So, you know, that, that kind of does it for this episode. Um, we're we're going to do that a lot. We're going to disagree a lot. Yeah, probably so. I mean, so. I mean we're, we're, you got to owe you a Texas fan. We're cut yeah. from a little different cloth. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're going to tune into all these games, you know, uh, and, and hopefully we get hopefully we get some good football. And I think that we will. But with that, I think we're done with episode number two. Hey, another one in the books, baby. Yep. I know Christmas Day we got family stuff to do, but. Yeah. We're in here. We're here for the fans. We're grinding it, baby. Yeah, all, all, how many listeners? Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> all eleven listeners that we had. I, I think we got up to twenty. You know, we're we're getting, you know, we're getting big time. Yeah, you know, whatever. But one, one episode down. Keep sharing. Again, yeah, for sure. And, and we're still working on getting on all platforms. But if if you guys enjoy the show, you know, rate us five stars and, and write us a review and make sure you download and subscribe. Um, like I said, we're still just on Spotify for now. Um, we should be getting on, on Apple Podcasts, probably with this episode, I would think. But uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Cover 2 Podcast. Um, you can email us at cover2podcast2021 at gmail.com. 
uh, individually. Dalton is on Twitter as the Okie Longhorn. I still haven't found a cool Twitter name, so I'm just myself, Tim Smithson. I'm telling you, you got to get out of that boring shit. <laughs> hey, it's okay. I'm, I'm a boring person. <laughs> but, uh, again, you know, we, we appreciate all, all of you for listening, all, the, all of you that do. And, and like I said last time, we'll, we'll see you guys in a week. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I guess uh, we're out of here. Don't forget to cover the flats. <laughs>